Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for All About Android is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode of All About Android is brought to you by Netflix. Watch thousands of TV episodes and movies streamed to your PC, Mac, or TV instantly. Plus, get DVDs by mail in about one business day. For your free 30-day trial, go to netflix.com slash twit. April 25th, and welcome to episode 5 of All About Android, your weekly source for the latest news, hardware, and apps for the Android faithful. I'm Eileen Rivera. I'm Jason Owl. And I'm Ron Richards. Welcome back, guys. Yeah. Hey, number five. All right, <laughs> yeah, we made it. Yeah, number five. Yeah. We've got a lot going on this week. We're going to talk about how Samsung has struck, struck back at Apple. Uh, we have a boatload of hardware announcements, and uh, we're also going to talk about which podcast app is the best. And that's a so, heated battle right there. Everybody well, has opinions. Pretend, I'm really glad. Everybody on Twitter seems to have a lot of different opinions, but there's yeah. one that seems to kind of surface to the top a lot. And we'll really? You think? Which. I think there's two. Yeah? Yeah, I, I don't think Yeah, I don't think this one's going to be very uh, a big surprise when we get to the bottom of it, actually. So, yeah. But, um, <laughs> as, as we ask the question, can a podcast review a podcast app? Yes, it's that's recursive. The, I, yes, it's recursive. It's that's the word you're is, looking for. Is that recursive? the word? Recursive. If wow, we can't have... do that, we suck. I mean, come on. <laughs> this is the one we should really be able that to kind true. of like dig in. We should be we able should to nail it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, well we, we have a jam-packed show, so I think we might as well just get into it. Let's get into it. Here we go. Let's do it. Ooh, kind of missed that. All right. Well, at the top of our news, Samsung, Samsung, Samsung strikes back at Apple with ten patent infringement claims. We talked about this last week. How Apple sued Samsung. Well, guess what? It's the other way around. Um, last week, Apple sued Samsung, claiming that their TouchWiz technology and Galaxy S four G handset was eerily too similar to Apple's iPhone. Samsung, Sam, I can't say that. Samsung struck back with their own lawsuit with ten patent infringement claims. Samsung says. That Apple's iPhone and iPad infringed Samsung's 10 mobile technology patents, and it called for Apple to stop infringing its technology and compensate the company. A report from Reuters says the countersuit mainly involves power reduction during data transmission, 3G technology for reducing errors during data transmission, and wireless data communication technology. Samsung also filed the suit in South Korea, Japan, and Germany. So take that. Yeah, they haven't brought anything in the States yet. This is all starting, yeah, abroad. I feel like this is this whole story was one way to get you to be as tongue-tied as possible yeah. while reading that. I should not have written Samsung so yeah. many times. Samsung <laughs> says they're suing. Samsung, <laughs> Samsung. That was my I fault. I wrote that. That was terrible. Terrible. But, uh, but yeah, uh, but but interesting how it just shows that, you know, that lawsuits get countered with lawsuits. And they're like, okay, exactly. you think we're we're stealing your UI where you're stealing this of our technology. That's so. that's just kind of the yeah. MO of, of having these patents is you you hold on to them and you enforce them as you go along, but eventually you might have to kind of step up and show your cards as well. Exactly. Uh, if something like this happens. And actually kind of along those same lines there was this little uh side by side pick that I hit the this. internet last last week this. that was law at Apple suing someone you stole the design from 
uh, to begin with. And it's showing a Samsung F700 next to an iPhone. And they look very similar. The the F700 was released in February of 2007. The iPhone, June 2007. I just feel like Samsung said, oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) Did you just sue us? Well, they, they said that in German or Japanese or Korean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They haven't said that in English yet, yeah. necessarily. Right. But And this is obviously one of those things that's just going to stretch out forever. So uh, we're probably not going to be able to have an answer for you as far as what the outcome is no. for a really long Although, time. I got to say that I have a hard time even talking about it when having to say the word touch whiz. I just feel like that's just like a, <laughs> not a great name product. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, I understand. understand, (laughs) You're right. There's nothing else to say. (laughs) So so moving on. uh, So rumors abound of uh, Google and Spotify getting into bed together. Um, apparently, every, if folks who don't know, Spotify is a great streaming uh, streaming music app that is uh, w- used widely in the UK and in Europe. And they've been having some hard time getting some entry into the US because of all the licensing and problems with music. And sure enough, now there are some rumors that, that broke uh, dur- uh, during the week that said that Google might be talking to Spotify about them working together. Um, although Google declined to comment on the story, and Spotify has denied that they've even spoken to Google, saying there's nothing in it at all, their spokesperson Jim Butcher said. So it's um, not true. So uh, from what know. all companies are saying, it's not true. I mean, we were talking about this before we before we recorded the show. This is interesting because it seems to me, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me whenever there's a service that everybody really likes, but for some reason they're either having funding problems or they have problems solving the how do we make money or they have some sort of legal problem, it always seems at some point in their life cycle there's a rumor of Google acquiring them. <laughs> It just always seems to happen, yeah. and and the acquisitions almost never happen. So I I actually I wouldn't be surprised knowing that Google's you know kind of tip uh, dipping their toe into the waters of streaming music, but I doubt that there's any legs to this rumor at all. Okay, so. yeah, I kind of have to agree with you on that. I mean, it seems you know it's just something that we all just want to happen. Like, please, Google, get in bed with someone, just do it. Yeah, um, and supposedly they have should have done it already, but it's not happening. So. We're just kind of grasping at straws. Oh, Spotify. I heard that rumor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mean, a lot of people are also kind of pointing to the fact that Google's big enough. You know, if they really wanted something like Spotify, they'd just go out and they'd buy it. And, uh, you know, why why would they work in conjunction or alongside with rather than buying it? But actually, when I think about it, it it makes a lot of sense because, you know, Apple bought Lala, right? They bought it. And almost immediately you thought, okay, great. They're going to roll out this this fantastic, you know, cloud music service. And it turns out in in retrospect that those licenses that Lala had control of themselves don't necessarily transfer over to the buying Mm -hmm. body, a.k.a. uh, Apple. So it might be the kind of the same thing here. Google really wants to get into the cloud. Uh, If this was accurate, it kind of makes sense to me that they wouldn't buy it because maybe it's the same thing. Those don't transfer over to them if they buy it. So they work in conjunction. They roll out the service. Everybody's happy. We'll see. All right. Well, I guess the next story is mine. Uh, (laughs) Like perfect point to pick up. Yeah, but you have the hot button story. This is the thing that everybody's a little like sensitive about, Jason. Yeah, I guess so. I better get this right. All right. In light of growing attention to the tracking methods of mobile devices spawning from the discovery of a file on iOS that details a person's location history, Google has since said that it collects location information from Android phones. It's said that they do do this, um, but only anonymously and with user consent. It's opt-in. Uh, Android stores these databases 
in an area that is not accessible unless the phone is rooted, thereby stripping away most of the system's security features. Uh, unlike iOS, though, Android phones aren't typically synced with a computer, so the files would need to be extracted from a root device directly. On iOS, when you plug it in to sync it, it actually moves this tracking file onto the computer, so it kind of opening that up to more possibility of being spread around. Uh, interesting to note that Android appears to limit the caches to 50 entries per cell tower triangulation and 200 entries for Wi-Fi-based uh, base station locations in the file. They're not storing everything. They're storing a little bits of amount to mm-hmm. kind of refer to as cached information. iOS consolidation.db, on the other hand, seems to be keeping a running tally of data since iOS is first installed and activated on a device. Um, there will that will also keep multiple records of the same tower or base station while Android only keeps a single record. So, you know, are you guys concerned? Is, is, you know, a lot of, I mean, I, I, I'm probably the worst person to, you know, talk about this because I four square where I go, you know, I I give out my location a lot of times. Um, but I'm just interested, you know, because there's a lot of people who are very concerned about privacy. Well, if you're, if you're concerned, then this is what you need to be looking for. There you go. Yep. When you first install uh, your 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 OS on your phone, whether you're rooting it or, or starting it up, you will get this pop-up. And it's basically for audio users. It says you can disable these features. Uh, Google's location service provides applications with your approximate location using uh, GPS uh, or, or without using GPS, rather. And you can set whether you want it to share that, uh, you know, anonymous location data and, and store it into a file, um, as well as share that information with other services that you might be using, which kind of interests me to a certain degree. And I can't prove this. I was trying to replicate it earlier this morning, but I've noticed with Foursquare a lot of the times, mm-hmm. I always kept these unchecked and I w- don't always keep my GPS on. So mm-hmm. with Foursquare, I go to use it and it wouldn't reload, it wouldn't refresh the local area, you know, the, the, uh, venues that are mm. nearest to me mm-hmm. and i could never understand why like gps had to be on i'm pretty sure it's this because i had it unchecked so you know yeah. if you're getting some strangeness as far as how your applications are picking up your location you're expecting it to happen and it's not uh this might be the culprit but if you want to turn it off you're more than able to it's, it's right here it's funny a friend of mine tweeted earlier today he said that uh very sarcastically he's like so weird that these you know talky mobile gps devices are transmitting information regarding their position at various points in time mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's it's a gps that's what yeah. it does <laughs> you know like to a certain degree like we we rave about all these great location aware apps and all these things that they can do and this is the price you got to pay i mean and and i'm okay with that you know like i yeah you and- know when you buy a smartphone that that's the reason partly why it's pretty smart Exactly. Follow you where you're around. So, um, I mean, I think I, if if people are just discovering this now, fine. Better late than never. But um, just know that this is a pretty powerful device. That yeah, you and the hand. the important thing is, like Jason said, you can turn it off. You can turn off yep. your GPS. There are all these ways around it if you're really worried about it. But I, the, at the end of the day, this is what I mean. It's funny because uh, all these years ago, with um, do you remember all the years ago when the music companies were putting stuff on your computer to track what you were doing and and all this sort of stuff. And everyone's worried about like carnivore and, and like tracking our emails and stuff like that. I always came back to the simple axiom that, listen, what I'm doing isn't that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, what I mean? there are <laughs> like, plenty of far, yeah, far more interesting people out there doing far more. Exactly, I'm not breaking the I law. Am. I'm not yeah. doing anything. I'm just I'm going to the bar and then I'm going to to Safeway. Like yeah. you know, fine, take my location. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, if you look at the use of credit cards, the use of toll pass, like those mm-hmm. things, like the like Easy Pass and uh, Fast Pass here in California. I mean, they're tracking. There's so many different ways to track your movements. This is just one of them. And again, there are millions and billions of people. Unless you're doing something that that says, "Hey, you should be tracked," you're you're probably going to be okay. Yeah, uh, it is good to know though that this type of tracking is happening, and or mm-hmm. the potential of it is there for it to be happening. If you didn't read that little dialogue yeah. box that came up, so yeah. read the stuff. That's what it's there for. Exactly. I should probably practice what I preach because sometimes I just click okay as I go through too. I'm fully <laughs> aware of that, that. The thing it's is, is that it's, it lets you do cool stuff. I mean, imagine yeah, totally. we're going to get we're going to get to the point like Foursquare as an example, where Foursquare Gowala. Well, you, I mean, wouldn't it be great if you don't have to actually physically check in if you can. Set a setting, say, just check me in when as soon as I walk in the door, this is how they're going to do it. And yeah, so you, exactly. And I, you see can. I think there are yeah. some apps that are starting to do that now. There are. Yeah. Actually, with Latitude, Absolutely. you can do that. Yeah. So, which is yeah. another reason why I turn all that on because I'm, as you all know, well, some of you who have watched the beta shows know that I'm prone to losing a phone. So um, <laughs> I have used Latitude to track it. Yeah. And um, that's why I keep mine on. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. my fault, but that's why I do. <laughs> All right, shall we move into hardware, guys? Let's do it. All right, hey, you remember last week? <laughs> remember how we were talking about the Motorola <laughs> Droid Bionic? Yeah, that whole thing about how, you know, it might not be happening after all. Yeah, some people were going to uh, put it in the coffin already. Yeah, that's that's not necessarily the case. It's not all doom and gloom in that story, uh, but it's not all wine and roses either. Uh, Motorola confirmed that release of the device is not being canceled, but rather postponed until sometime in the third quarter. And so that basically means sometime this summer. And uh, so... You know, oh God, I totally lost my place. The spokesperson said that the Motorola is incorporating several enhancements to make this an even better co- consumer experience, which sounds to me kind of like they're spinning it a little bit. That's, but, some, that's some PR yeah. spin. That's some PR. Fly. I do PR. That's some spin right there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how, how I feel about this because, I mean, the, the Bionic was definitely a phone that I was considering, and maybe I will. I think that the problem here, ultimately, is that if you're putting it out another three months, I mean, that just brings it closer to the next phone that will knock it off its pedestal. Right. So that means I'm going to get three months out and it's finally going to be coming out and I'm already going to know about the next phone that I actually Unless want. these enhancements are going to make it so good that make it competitive, you know, like yeah. you never know. Like that could be, maybe maybe it's actually worth the wait. Although I think I'm now officially going to pull my Bionic. No, uh, I'm, I'm pulling oh, it. I was thinking really? about doing the same thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I've decided I'm going to go with that Casio phone. That's that's my choice for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, the all You know Casio. me all too well, Ron. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do, I do. <laughs> nice. All right, well, well, we'll see. I may just disappoint you a little bit. <laughs> it's a cool-looking phone. Anyway, <laughs> so speaking of cool-looking things, um, uh, this is interesting that I thought was uh, that was an exclusive to thisismynext.com. Uh, the announcement that the Lenovo ThinkPad with Honeycomb and an optional stylus is going to be coming out this summer. So the Android 3.0 slate complete with an optional pen and accompanying keyboard portfolio case. Uh, it's got a NVIDIA Tegra 2 processor, uh, and it's got front and rear camera, and it's going to be available in, with 16, 32, and 64 gig storage options. It's 10.1 inches with a 1280 12, by 800 uh, display uh, resolution display. So this is Lenovo getting into the game. Um, hey, I used the Lenovo ThinkPad for years at my old oh my God, Solus corporate job. I've and that was a that, 
great, great laptop. And from these pictures, it looks like it looks like the old ThinkPad, but you can slide the you can slide the tablet right into where the keyboard snaps in. Um, I don't quite get the the optional stylus. Um, you know, they say that they're putting that in there um, for your ability to like take notes and draw, not not necessarily for the artist, specifically though. for for controlling the OS. And- it's the it's the true Bill Gates dream of the of the uh, tablet that you can write on like a notepad. And yeah, exactly. I don't. I, I'm I'd much rather use the keyboard and type. I have no problem typing uh, on a tablet so far, um, and especially in meetings and that sort of thing. But hey, if some people want a stylus, that's cool. But I like Lenovo as a company a lot. This this gets me very curious. So we don't have Especially, any pricing on this yet, right? I don't see announced. any. Yeah, I don't think so yeah. either. No, this looks really hot. Um, yeah. I don't know. I see the stylus as something that you could possibly use if you're an artist. Um, there's tons oh, of here. like drawing apps, that kind of thing. Ooh, um, here's a price. Here oh, yeah. There we go. Jason beat me to it. Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine US. That's not bad. Not bad at all. That's probably it? for the sixteen gig. Um, and then there'll be a Wi-Fi and 3G. This is actually looking really nice. You know, yeah. the Asus uh, ePad Transformer comes out tomorrow, I think. It's this week. So this is sort of, you know, that one has the optional keyboard as well. Um, what, but, uh, what, I find, what I find really interesting is that the, both the Asus and this Lenovo, this is really targeting, at least from my perspective, I could be wrong, but it looks like it's targeting like kind of PC users mm-hmm. or a lot of the workplace users. The people exactly. who are used to, you know, like like me immediately, Lenovo, ThinkPads, that's brand recognition. Okay, yep. cool. If I'm going to go mm-hmm. for a tablet, I've been using, I've got, you know, my work IT gave me this ThinkPad. I, this is obviously the same thing, so I'll use it. And um, I think that's, it, it could be really interesting to see, start seeing a lot of the normal people, as I like to call them, uh, start using tablets normal as well. people? <laughs> who are the rest of us? Yeah, well, not like, uh, well, we're in the know, you know what I mean? Like we're the sexy, cutting edge kind of thing, you know, and and you got to be aware of that. And, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, the people who are at, you know, kind of corporate IT run jobs and IT department has got a relationship with Lenovo. Um, They're going to be much quicker to adopt that into their hardware setup than, than uh, honestly, than an Apple device. At some point, I would have said the same thing about BlackBerry. Yeah. yeah, you know, with the BlackBerry Playbook, and I, I actually don't know how it's doing at this point because it just came out. But it's okay. Um, I mean, from firsthand experience, just to take a little segue, it's it feels good in your hand. It's fine, but you can't do much with it. There's not there's not enough apps. It's just yeah, kind of well, that, like when I uh, you know when I looked at the game section, Snake was up there like number seven. Really, it's <laughs> 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 me being a little snotty about that whole thing. But you know, the device snarky. itself is nice. Mm-hmm. But I there's not you can't you just can't do much with it unless you have a BlackBerry phone. So, right. um, anyways, this this looks like a really good option, and I'm curious to know more. I'm sure we'll see it out in the wild, you know, at various you know gadget parties or you know this kind of thing, and hopefully we can get our hands on it. And maybe this post says uh, proposed sample schedule June 2011, so that's some really, might be in the wild like, in the summer. No yeah. kidding, that's yeah. so close. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on to another hot button, uh, the Nook Color gets flash support. Yes, I am talking about the Nook. The cheapest Android tablet on the market has been upgraded. Uh, it's the Nook Color 1.2, or 1.2, and for $250, everybody, $250, you get a customized version of Froyo 2.2, which includes support for Flash, a free email app, an app store, Angry Birds, everybody, but it won't be called an app store because of, you know, somebody suing yeah, about that. You, you know, know. it's going to be called, <laughs> I believe, app, an app shop. Oh, app shop. Mm-hmm. Like Interesting. That. Okay. They should, they should just call it the shop. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> slide page turn animation for 
for uh, book reading, but no landscape reading yet. Video embeds to some of its book titles and a Nook Friends app dubbed to uh, dubbed go to social network for people who love to read. So it's to me, it sounds like it's going to be like Goodreads, but then you can swap books and things like that. So uh, I don't know. It sounds very cool. Maybe they're trying to get you to not root that device anymore. Um, they're giving you more bells and whistles for the items. There's the so app store. The this s- is the curated oh, app Pulse store. Is on yeah. That's great. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm a little biased here because the company in my day job at Graphically uh, does digital comics. We, we actually were a part of this launch, and we, we released uh, three graphic novels that you can buy in the app store. Very um, cool. Yeah, so, like, so they're self-contained, you know, uh, low purchase price. And as opposed to actually, you know, having an app with a marketplace like what the Graphically app is, they're, you know, they wanted them, uh, Barcelona wanted it contained in an easily uh, digestible kind of way. And a lot of their books and things like that are going to be done that way as well through the through the app store. Um, so I've got to play, I got to play with the Nook in the development phase before this, and it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's a nice little update. It looks like they're embracing the Android platform way more, whereas when it first came out, it was just a lockdown kind of, okay, run yeah. our software and that's all you can do. But now, you know, it's leveraging all these great apps that are on Android. And, and admittedly, it's still a walled garden. So, so if you if you don't root it, so um, so to speak, in that you're in the whole Barnes and Noble, and they're curating the apps and things like that. But yeah. again, this is millions of people that shop at Barnes and Noble for two hundred fifty dollars might pick so, this up. So it's a huge opportunity. So so yeah. cheap, two hundred fifty. Yep. Yep. I mean, if you want a tablet and um, you don't want to spend a lot of money, which all these other tablets are really expensive right now, this is. Yep. This is pretty close to what, you know, the experience, you, you know, that most of the Android um, tablets will have. So uh, not a bad option. And people yeah, and really I th- love it. Yeah. I, th- I think it's just I think it's interesting because it just takes the it takes the guesswork out of it. You know what I mean? Like I would confidently and, and for us, again, us in the know, rooting it and, and making it a full fledged Android device, running Honeycomb is cool and all that sort of stuff. But I could easily get this for my mom, I think. And it's an e-reader that's a little more than a Kindle. Um, and and she can use it without a, without a problem. The the UI is really um, easy to use, and they make just they make it simple. So I mean, I, this is what I like about the potential of the Android platform because it's so customizable and it can be leveraged mm-hmm. in this way. So. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, there is still the possibility of rooting it. So if you yeah. kind of feel locked down and you want to take that step, you can. It's not the most impossible thing in the world to do. Actually, earlier on Twitter, uh, a friend of mine. Uh, picked up the Nook Color or has the Nook Color and got the update. And he was like, ah, you know, it, it's okay, but I just feel limited. And I'm like, mm. well, you could do something about that if you want yep. to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's totally up to you. And a lot of people are very happy with their rooted Nook Color. So I don't know if it necessarily gets rid of uh, the need to do that necessarily mm-hmm. for some people. But it's nice to know that they're giving you a little bit more and kind of opening it up the way they have. And plus, I love the form factor of the device itself. I mean, like I wasn't a big mm-hmm. fan of the the Samsung Galaxy and the smaller tablet, but this one just feels nice, and it's got that nice little that that like kind of that open kind of hook kind of thing where you can yeah. hook it onto something. I mean, it you just it's a nice your device keys down there, you know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just dig it. So I mean, it's nice to see them doing, and and it's only been out for a short period of time. This is the one point two update, so I mean, it yeah. looks like they're really uh, Barnes and Noble is putting a lot of a lot of money into this whole platform. So. Cool. Okay, well, last week, um, this the uh, T-Mobile G Slate was released, and uh, we didn't get to talk about it. It's got the really, well, I don't know if you're going to think it's cool. Some people don't, but two cameras <laughs> in the back for 3D viewing, so it came with 3D glasses. Um, if you're interested at all about the uh, T-Mobile G Slate, you can knock $100 off the price, um, and the promo code is GSLATE100, so it'll be $430. At T-Mobile. At T-Mobile. Oh, okay. It's not bad. Not bad. Yeah. I mean, we're talking two fifty 
for the Nook. And here's the Honeycomb tablet, the newest, latest one that came out with 3D capabilities uh, for 430 Double the price a bit. But um, I don't know. Not bad. Mm-hmm. I haven't touched one myself. I haven't played with one yet. So no, I'm, you know, I'm interested in finding a little bit. I really wanted to see this one. I was more interested in this than actually the Zoom, but mm-hmm. um, might have to wait a little bit. But So that's cool. out now. If anybody is yeah, if you can, with it, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Let us know. AAA at twit.tv if you pick that up. All right. Uh, the other device that was just released is the, uh, well, there's a couple. There's been several phones that have been released lately. But this one that I have so in my hands a lot of, is a lot the uh, T-Mobile G2X. This doesn't belong to me. This belongs this the, to uh, Leo Laporte. Mr. Leo picked up the G2X. Me, look, the new sexy, this, right? You know what game this is? This is Nova. And a lot of people, a lot of people out there, oh, what device should I get if I'm moving away from the iPhone? Hey, guys, this sure looks like the iPhone game that I've been playing in the iPad version. But on an Android. But on an Android. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that looks really good. <laughs> but let me just get out of here so that everybody can see the phone. So here it is. It's pretty zippy fast. There we go. Leo's got all his widgets on here. Oh, um... It moves really quickly, but what I really... This is such a small thing. But quite honestly, LG put it together. But hey, screen grab. All that's all you do is take the little screen grab and it ends up in your gallery. So you hold down the home button and it takes the the screen grab. The home and the power. Oh, okay. Hold it down for the video. Yeah, just like that. Oh, sorry. Very cool. There we we go. go. Okay, so you're doing both. You're doing home and power at the same time. And then it goes into your gallery. See, what I wonder is, I know that G2X is uh, just vanilla Froyo. Is that an app that comes pre-installed, or is that part of Froyo somehow? I mean, that I think camera it's part is different. Of this, I think it's, it's got to be an OS update because yeah. that's oh yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, that camera is just look is at the way camera too. Yeah, pretty it's a sweet. Camera. This is uh, 1080p. Yeah, is that the base? How big is that display? Is that a four three? I'm sorry, Ron. Four point three. Four point three. Yeah, is that a four point three? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Interesting. So there's a lot of. There's a lot of preloaded stuff. I, maybe maybe that, there's a difference there that vanilla Froyo or vanilla uh, OS is just there's no in, visual enhancements, but there might be additions and you know yeah. blow, bloatware. Mm-hmm. Some people might call it, but the screen cr- uh, grab feature that's awesome. It, I Love mean, that. honestly, this thing is really zippy. I it feels good in my hand. Um, eight megapixel camera. I mean, come on. Um, Let's see. Uh, there is an 8 gig internal with micro SD slot in here. There is a front facing camera. You know, I cool. think battery life is pretty much the same as any Android phone. It's not, you know, um, it's not so much better, but it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, this is probably the hot phone on the market right now for Android. Yeah, I've seen so much buzz on mm. that right now, uh, just on Twitter and and just t- a ton of articles. There, you know, it's already been rooted <laughs> and uh, you know but i don't know if there's an actual rom that's that's currently for release i don't think so yet and um i had a nice little exchange with cyana jen and i said hey this um we have leo laporte's g2x and do you think we could uh, get you to help us root it he said sure it's not ready probably not for a couple weeks mm-hmm. but um so hopefully we can get him on and we could root this thing live yeah there we go leo we've been threatening that for a long time yeah, yeah, he wants gingerbread. They have also said that uh, gingerbread, He's T-Mobile coming. tweeted it out that it was coming very soon. So who knows what yeah. that means. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, that would be great. Let's get Cyanogen on. And, I know. Uh, 
That'd be and awesome. Root that sucker. Root this Show people thing. how easy it really is. And just uh, just as a quick aside, Hurricane Freak in the chat room says that LG added HD support and that screen capture code on top of vanilla Android. So okay, interesting. So it's an LG thing. Yeah, it's yeah, because a, Optimus so has it too. The Optimus yeah. that just came out also has this feature. So um, I don't know. Right now, I love this phone, but um, I don't know. I'm waiting. For the Samsung Galaxy S2. Always waiting for the something. Sensation. Always something. <laughs> if I had to buy a new phone, though, it might be this one, though. I really like it. Really, yeah. really like oh. it. Feels good. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on to apps. All right. Um, well, I will take the first one here. Skype. We talked last week about the uh, the Skype for Android uh, kind of vulnerability. Skype has officially patched the security hole that we discussed. And uh, that basically means that third-party apps no longer have the ability to gain access to the personal data as that Skype vulnerability is its conduit. Also included in the update, so think of this as like a cherry on top, is the ability for anyone to make 3G VoIP calls using the app, something that only Verizon users had the pleasure of using prior to the update here in the States. Um, so anyone can use Skype now on their phone to make 3G VoIP calls. That's pretty cool. Nice. Very cool. Kind of something that I'm sure a lot of people were waiting mm-hmm. for. So, yeah. So um, on the over on the honeycomb side of the fence, um, as I hold on to this Motorola Zoom and not yeah. give it back. I noticed you didn't come up <laughs> yeah. here. You were like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll know, come up and give it to it you, Ron. <laughs> it wasn't because of the Zoom, but yeah, but anyway. But um, so a whole bunch of interesting stuff happened in the world of Honeycomb uh, recently. Uh, specifically, Amazon Kindle up, uh, updated a tablet uh, optim- optimized version, which I've been playing with and is all kinds of awesome. Um, I was always a little disappointed by the Kindle app and this one, and now with this update, it really kind of embraces what Honeycomb has to offer and really makes it a, a compelling, really cool e-reader kind of app. You got a nice little whole bunch of transitions. Um, they've also added the store. Um, they've, you know, they had the Kindle store in there before. The store within just, the app? Exact store within oh, the app. that's app, nice. In-app purchases. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So it's just, it just, it all together feels like a it feels finished. You know, previously it didn't feel finished. It feels like, okay, well, here's Kindle support for the Android. Right. And now it feels like a finished app. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, there's also an app called TweetComb, which is, uh, a, as they're calling, a proper Twitter client with, with Honeycomb. Uh, pretty neat, very TweetDeck-esque, um, but also, you know, utilizes some of the added kind of uh, little bells and whistles that uh, that Honeycomb brings to the table. Yeah, it looks um, a lot like TweetDeck, actually. Yeah, so it's a lot like TweetDeck, yeah. Um, but, but still, yeah, hey, yeah. you got to give them props for beating TweetTech to the punch, for beating exactly. all of the other major Twitter players to the punch, because a lot of people are going to download this on their tablets and use it just because it's the one that has the support right now. Yeah, but that won't matter once Twitter buys TweetDeck and then it becomes the official app, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And then the other one was Honey Reader, which was uh, re- what they're touting as the first Android feed reader made specifically for Honeycomb, um, which I got to play with a little... Really neat little app. Uh, syncs perfectly up with your Google Reader account. Um, imports all of your um, all of your feeds in really nicely, and then allows you to uh, read uh, articles. Very kind of um, I don't want to say f- it's not so Flipboard esque, but reminded me of Flipboard on the oh, iPad. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does. It didn't. It, it has. It is neat, as you can see here. This neat mm. little horizontal um, kind of scroll feature, and then you can scroll through the articles vertically. You can click on them, and it expands out to a window, and then you can go off to a browser and go read the original article and that sort of thing. Um, really impressive uh, feed reader uh, with uh, with Honey Reader. That so looks I dug great. It. So I'm gonna. That's why I'm holding on to the Zoom a little longer. So. Okay, <laughs> fine. 
Fine. Uh, we'll we'll see when we get that back. But the good thing is when we get it back, we'll have lots yep. of cool apps to play with. Yes, we will. Yeah. Eileen, so. New, new apps. All right. Well, cool. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break and talk to you a little bit about our friends at Netflix. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Netflix. In fact, Netflix delivers movies directly to your home, and that saves you time, money, and hassle. You can uh, instantly watch thousands of TV episodes and movies, stream directly to your PC or Mac. You can stream them to your TV. If you have a Netflix-enabled device, like a PS3, uh, Nintendo Wii, or an Xbox 360. It uh, works fantastically. Plus, you can get DVDs by the mail on about one business day. You can watch as many movies as you want, as many times as you want. There are never any late fees, no due, no, no due dates. <laughs> Nothing like that. Hey, why <laughs> don't I tell you about a movie I watched over the weekend? What did you watch, It Jason? was fantastic. It's called I Am Comic. And uh, oh. I've just been in a big documentary kick lately. And this is basically a documentary about what it's like to be a stand-up comedian and the life cool. of uh, stand-up comedians. And oh, you see a lot wow. of familiar faces in there. It's really cool. It's a very cool kind of... Uh, uh, you know, hour and a half of just following comedians around and you get a little bit of funny, you get a little bit of depressing. Uh, but overall, it gives you a really good uh, good sense of, of what their daily lives are like and how miserable they can kind of be as well. Um, so, I, I am all about those documentaries on Netflix. They are yeah, so awesome. Yeah. So no idea. There's so many there. So Absolutely. Uh, I love it. In fact, that, that's all I've been looking for lately just because there's so many good ones. Uh, you can instantly watch this movie or ch- choose from thousands of TV episodes and other movies when you register for a trial membership. Go to netflix.com slash twit. Be sure to sign up for your free trial. That's netflix.com slash twit. And we thank Netflix for their support of twit and all about Android. Don't go shame. Don't go shame. All right. So what do you say? We jump into the arena. To enter. One lives. Android. Arena. Yeah. All right. All of a sudden, we got very, very masculine and very. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was all that like Michael Bay music going on in the background. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> well, not exactly Michael Bay, but uh, close enough. Uh, so last week, we'll start off with that. Last week, uh, let me pull up the poll here. We discussed just a couple of camera apps. Camera apps. Thank you very much. Uh, and of course, it's taking its time, but. It's loading up, and I will tell you right off the top that I was interested when I looked at the results of uh, last week's voting on camera apps, because as you will see right now, pretty much everybody voted for other. 143 people. Wow. 69% of votes were for other. I don't know if we should have other anymore, because (laughs) I feel like that's always going to be the winner. And maybe we have people vote on the apps that we... You know, that's what we're going to be can, doing today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, we'll you see. can email your suggestions like, oh, you guys should have talked about this app. But for the voting, just tell us what yeah. you like out of the ones Let's, that we talk about. Yeah, we'll keep the voting to the ones that we talk mm-hmm. about. Undoubtedly, we've missed some. Obviously, oh, yeah. we've missed 69% of the camera apps. Um, so, you know, maybe that's your cue to uh, email us at AAA at twit.tv or send us a voicemail. Leave us a voicemail, 347-SHOW-AAA, and let us know what we did miss so that we can be sure to cover that on our next episode. So, with that said, this week we are going to get a little recursive. We're going to talk about podcast apps, uh, of which we've chosen three apps to cover here. We're going to start with you, Ron. 
Uh, it right. appears you have one that I have not heard of before this little test here. Yeah, this was definitely one of the, well, because you were already reviewing, you claimed one of the ones I would have gone to review for, but yeah. we'll get to that in a second. Sorry. But um, <laughs> I, I went through and I looked through um, all the d- various different podcast apps, and it's, it's interesting with podcast apps because really the majority of the podcast apps that I found are glorified RSS apps, RSS feed readers. Um, they're all basically they're just taking, hey, there's an RSS feed with some media attached to it. And we added in a media player. Yeah. So what I really want to do is I really wanted to whittle down to the ones. OK, which ones are designed specifically for podcasts? I didn't want to say, OK, this is an RSS reader with media support. So therefore, you could use podcasts on it. But what is a podcast application? Right. That's mm-hmm. it kind of explains my my thought process going into it. So I came across one called Acast. Um, and there's a free version as well as a paid version. The paid version, as far as I can tell, doesn't add any other um, uh, any other functionality other than getting rid of the ads. Um, and Acast gets the job done. It's basically a podcast application. Um, it's got a very standard media player um, interface to so like you know pa- you know start you know start playing the podcast, pause it, skip ahead. Um, it's also got a nice little playlist functionality, so you can queue up your podcast. So if you're in the car and you you want to go roll one after another after another, um, it has an interesting little filter feature, which allows you to filter, um, set up a different uh, a bunch of different memory filters, so you can say, okay, play me any podcast from the last two days, or filter my list of just ones that are of this category of this topic, so you can get to your your feeds really easily. Um, the one thing that I um, struggled with a little was finding new podcasts. This is the one thing where I think all of the Android apps are going to fall short is that – and now admittedly, I'm going to you know, come clean and, and you know, uh, disclose here. I use iTunes and I use an iPod to listen to my podcasts. Oh. I know. Shocking. Dun, dun, dun. Um, because I, I have a little iPod Nano and I use that to go running. I don't like to go running with my phone. So you know, that's my problem. So that's, that's the thing. And the th- but the, here's where the, uh, the iPod and iTunes always wins out in that it's that directory in iTunes. It's that mm-hmm. source for people to submit their podcasts to and for you to easily find podcasts. Yeah. Um, and that's always been the failing uh, of um, a lot of the Android podcasts. But what I found interesting about, um, uh, about Acast was that they provided a bunch of different services that you can search for when you search for a podcast. So you can search across Podgrove, Digital Podcast, the podcast search service, um, as well as Twitter and media news and things like that. So basically, if there's a podcast you know you like, you just have to continually search it and hit each one of these services until you find it, or you can manually type in the, the RSS feed. Mm-hmm. Um, I use my own podcast at ifanboy.com, our audio podcast that comes out every Sunday, and I struck <laughs> out, I think, in the first three services, but then I found it in the fourth service. Um, so not only do I need to go submit my podcast to those services, but it shows you that uh, even the most established and professional podcasts might not be indexed in every service. Um, and I really feel as if you shouldn't have to be able to type in the, the RSS feed. Like that could be, that's a pain in the butt sometimes to type in this long URL string or something like that. Um, but that said, ACAST got the job done. I don't know if I would use it in replace of what I'm doing with my iPod and iTunes, but, um, it was a formidable podcast player. So that's my little mini review. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. What do you have, Eileen? Okay. Well, I have Beyond Pod and, uh, this is an app I tweeted out. Um, the other day I said, what podcast, you know, uh, app do you use? And a ton of people said beyond pod. And even before that, we've had beta shows where we talked about podcast apps and we've gotten a ton of emails about beyond pod as well. 
along with Jason Zapp that we'll <clears throat> talk to about after <laughs> this. But uh, here's Beyond Pod. It's six ninety nine. Um, it is worth it to note that I actually downloaded the beta version right now, which is two point seven nine, and I never saw anything um, different with the beta version um, versus the one that's in the Android marketplace. So just FYI, if you're seeing anything weird, uh, and there's only a few changes to the beta build, um, like recognizing the ex- external SD card in Atrix devices, and there's also some new way to clean up downloads as well. Um, but overall, the beta version that I have is the paid version, the 699 version that you'll see or that you get when you download it from the Android Marketplace. So this is, <clears throat> trying to get you a good view here, this is basically what it looks like. Um, what it is, it's a podcast manager and an RSS feed reader. Um, and so you can categorize all of your various uh, podcasts. So I've got three, under, three in technology here, all about Android Tech News Today, This Week in Google. Um, a lot of the ways that you can customize is just by long tapping. And you can set update schedules. You can edit the categories, like I mentioned. Um, uh, let's see here. I've got some uh, feed readers as well. Um, let me play something for you so you can see how that looks really quick. Um, it's pretty easy. You could uh, download or you could just stream the podcast, which is kind of interesting if you don't want to uh, have that podcast downloaded onto your uh, phone if you don't have a lot of space. Um, <clears throat> you can uh, schedule. I think I mentioned that you can schedule when to download podcasts. Um, you could share your links. You can import. Uh, uh, you could import and you could get uh, local files. It also supports Bluetooth, which I know there were some of our uh, listeners that really appreciate that feature. Um, there's a sleep feature, and there's even a smart playlist that a lot of our listeners um, also appreciate because you could set it to, <clears throat> you know, have your um, podcast uh, play, you know, the one that you listen to the most. Um, you can have that in your um, uh, your queue here, like. Coverville would be the one that I listen to most right now, and so that will be on the top of my queue. Um, it's it's a very full-functioned um, podcast player that a ton of people love and, you know, swear to. I mean, it's a simple interface. There's not much to it. It's, it is hard <clears throat> here. I have to agree with you, Ron, um, to find new podcasts here because there's not much of a store. They have some um, areas to actually, you know... Um, get NPR feeds or um, some of their top audio feeds, things like that. But discovery is still, like you mentioned, I, and again, I agree with you, Ron, it, it, is, it is kind of difficult um, to find new podcasts. So I don't know. In a nutshell, this is a full-service podcast um, management uh, player, and it does landscape as well. There we go. That's what it looks like. I like that. You like this? I, I like that. I'll tell you why. Because I, I do a lot of my podcast listening in the car. And when you oh, turn okay. it landscape to have the buttons be that big, mm-hmm. that just cool. makes it so yeah. usable yeah. in a car. So many of these music and podcast apps, man, the controls are tiny. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you try and use it in the car. And I mean, you need them to be big. And that you know th- that was actually going to be one of my things that I asked for. If anyone's making these podcast or music apps, make there a car go. mode of some sort. You know, there, there was actually one podcast. There was a there was a uh, app that I found, and oh, I can't remember the name of it. But um, it was exactly that. It was it was like called CarCast or something like that. Oh, okay. And, um, I'll try to find it. 
And it was just it, 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 and it was too late. I had, we'd already decided on Acast. I was looking up a detail about Acast. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, that looks really interesting. Let me see if I can find it again. But um, but yeah, I mean, those added buttons, you know, acknowledging that so many people are using this to listen to in the car is such a different use case than just standard walking or mm-hmm. using your yeah, phone absolutely. or whatever you might be doing. Yeah, and who so knows if that's why they programmed it like that. But I mean, it looks pretty, uh, pretty yep. uh, intentional that they're way oversized like that uh, that you're yeah. using it in a different there way. There you go. There's a car it's called Carcast Podcast Player. Oh. Um I oh, haven't played with it yet, but it has that similar um similar thing where you it's got larger buttons and it's designed for uh using it in the car. So interesting. So maybe I'll try that on the next time we do this. But let me see. I'll see if I can find it. Um so I think I hope I did justice to Beyond Pod. It it does a ton of things. Um and you know for six ninety nine it better. Um there you could try it out for seven days um, but I, I haven't tried the free version yet. There's a light version and I'm seeing online that there's not too much of a difference. Maybe just, um, sort of the updates and the scheduling might be a little bit different, but, um, you know, it's, it, this is a decent app, very decent app. Awesome. All right. Well, I will go ahead and take the third and final, uh, podcast app and, uh, I will take, uh, I'll just, you know, go with dog catcher. <laughs> which uh <laughs> here, here's the app here it's actually uh it's a fully featured uh podcast and feed reader it sounds like they all kind of have a little bit of that in common i've i've been using this app for quite a while it's about 699 i believe 699 or 799 so it's a little steep but if you're a big fan of podcasts i mean I don't know. I just figured it was it was worth it to have an app that did almost everything that I wanted to. I've never really you know delved much into the news aspect of the app, uh, but I did. And I can't remember what I loaded in here on Android blog, but you can use it as kind of a news reader and, mm-hmm. and you know sync up news feeds uh, if you like. But it does audio podcasts, which you're looking at right here. Basically, it it I have it set. It's highly customizable. So I basically have said on most of these shows, download the latest episode, and when you download another one that happens to be newer than the one I already had, get rid of the old one and replace it with the new one. So I always have the newest stuff. As you can see up here at the top is a co- Tony Kornheiser show, and he his podcast every day uh, posts in two episodes so you can go into a show like that and say this is different download the top two most recent episodes you can customize it across all of your shows which i found very useful for this uh, reason alone Uh, i can do video as you can see yeah oh hey is that all about android (laughs) oh yeah it is and uh what do you know it's playing uh so it does video uh video podcast support I also uh, realized today as I was playing around with it a little bit that you can do things like, uh, let me see here, I'll go into, go out, go into add feed. When you go to add feed, you have all of these different options. And uh, so, you know, they're curating top feeds uh, from people that are using the apps. You can search for feeds, you know, through the internet. I believe that's a, a, a keyword search on the internet. Recommendations, RSS URL if you want to enter it in. What do you know? Twit ne- uh, network directory is in there. That's pretty cool. Revision three, YouTube, YouTube. You can add like uh, you know the the most popular videos this week or whatever, and it will uh, bring those into your phone and allow you to play back. Just really easy things. I also didn't know until today that it has Google Reader integration, so you can import from your Google Reader um, app. Or sorry, from Google Reader, your Google Reader account essentially. Uh, there's also another thing that it can do that I never would have thought of but uh it kind of sounds like a nifty feature they call it uh, virtual feeds so you can set a folder on your sd card and you can say anything in this folder 
is a part of this feed and you create a virtual feed out of it. So I imagine that could be useful if you want to create like a, you know, flexible playlists, you plug your phone in, you just dump a bunch of audio in there and it just automatically puts it in, in a row. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are people that can come up with much more creative ways to uh, use an option, a uh, feature like that than myself. But um, it's just, it's very well done as far as how mm. it does all of this stuff. If I go to navigation or go to landscape mode, you can see it doesn't really do a whole lot with the buttons as far as increasing the size. So when, when you're driving and you need to, uh, you know, scroll forward, it's kind of hard to hit that, but uh, but you know that's one of my my only real complaints with it. I absolutely love it, and uh, if you want to kind of get in there, a variable speed playback. I know that's important to a lot of people when it comes to podcasts. Yeah, that's missing on uh, Beyond Pod, but you can get a yeah. uh, a plugin. So that's another extra two ninety nine. Oh, really? That's, yeah. that's how they get you on the plugins. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, but it's great to see Dogcatcher evolve. I remember when Android first came out, Dogcatcher Dog was the like the first uh, podcast app on the market. It's great to see it evolve. You know, it's gotten so many UI improvements. The guy who does it is really dedicated to making it the best product he can. Um, so it's really cool to see it, uh, you know, to the point where so many people, even people in the chat room are all saying, you know, Dogcatcher FTW and stuff like that. Oh, so, yeah. It's it's uh, kind of the, the reigning supreme uh, Android podcast catcher. It's four and a half stars in the Android market right now. It is $6.99 to buy it. So it's a little steep. But okay. I would I would definitely go ahead and say that it's well worth it if you listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, if you're listening to po- if you listen to podcasts every day like all of us do, I mean, seven bucks is worth it for the functionality it gives and and that virtual folder thing. I didn't know they even added that. That's a great idea. Yeah, so. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I would use it for, but it's cool that you can do it. You know, well, I imagine like local files or maybe video. Like if you queued up like a whole bunch of uh, episodes of a TV show or something. Oh, like that. Oh, hey, that's yeah, not a yeah, bad things, idea. Yeah, so you never know. So. Right on. I like that. All right, yeah. so cool. So those are the three podcast apps. We left out one uh, that I could think of. Listen, yeah, Google's uh, podcast app, which I used a lot, actually, before uh, using Dogcatcher and eventually just realized, all right, this thing is just weird in, in many different ways. It It's serviceable. It syncs with your Google Reader account, but it's not... Uh, not ideal so listen it was just like i was like oh yes google's gonna make an app and uh, yeah like, exactly. I, and i was like oh it's not good i'm so, so used to seeing google comma inc next to an app and thinking high quality app this is this is great and that was one of the first ones that after a while i was like okay i'm kind of disappointed in this yeah. they clearly didn't use all of their 20 percent time on no. That app, unfortunately, so. <laughs> no they used like two and then they stopped yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, we got one. We can move on. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so you can vote for your favorite podcast app. Go to poll.cm slash 1184. And, uh, you know, if you do that, you can go there and you can vote Acast, Beyond Pod, or Dogcatcher. And let us know uh, what you think is the best of the three that we talked about. We're going to limit it this time. Uh, so that is that. Um, cool. What else do we have here? We have a voicemail. Let's Yay! let's move on to feedback. How about that? Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. All right, cool. Well, first of all, uh, you can send us your feedback, AAA at twit.tv, or send us a voicemail, 347-SHOW-AAA. Uh, this person, Lauren, actually, um, oh, I was, <laughs> I was like, the, what am I missing? No, I was trying to do the, here it is, if you're watching visually. <laughs> Sorry, audio no. people only. <laughs> Lauren actually sent in a video via TwitPic uh, about the Atrix, and so we'll go ahead and play that here. Hey folks, Lauren here from uh, Melbourne, Australia. I uh, caught my first episode of yours, which was I think the third episode. You were reviewing the SPB3D software, and that was my cue to go out and get my first uh, Android phone. But the phone I really wanted isn't out in Australia yet, but I managed to get one from the States, which is the Motorola Atrix. 
Uh, now, I'd seen some bad reviews on it initially, but I, I thought that was going to be the case because it may have been locked to AT&T. And the reviews I'd seen, people were having issues with AT&T. Querying Motorola, they said, yep, the phones are locked to AT&T if you buy them over there. But if you get it direct from Motorola, um, then they're actually unlocked uh, natively. And then it's only the carriers that lock it. We don't know when the phone comes out over here, if it's going to be locked or not. So getting one from uh, Motorola Direct made sense. So if somebody's looking for a new phone, doesn't want to use uh, AT&T, and doesn't necessarily want to use our incumbent Telstra uh, carry when it comes out over here, then uh, an unlocked version might be the way to go. Love the show. All right. So Thank Atrix you. fans that don't want to get locked in, uh, buy directly from Motorola, especially, I guess, if you're uh, in Australia. Thank you for the advice. <laughs> Absolutely. That is not bad. Uh, so let's see here. Moving on to email, aa at twit.tv. Uh, Dan Gardner writes in and says, uh, you're t- <laughs> says, Jason, this is kind of where I eat some crow here. Your Twitter friend is wrong about SPB not allowing regular, regular widgets. I have a AIX weather on one of the panels, and I tested BeyondPod, Amazon MP3, Audible, and Beautiful Widgets widgets. They all work fine. So, Eileen, you can use SPB if you want to. Nice. I do have a big complaint about SPB, though, uh, though. It does exhibit lag at random times, and I'm talking about as much as 20-second delay to slide between panels or to switch into a different view. I'm using a custom ROM on my Galaxy S Captivate, mm. so that might be the mitigating factor. Anyway, um, I like A-cubed. Hey, Cube. Uh, <laughs> keep up the good work. Yes. Okay. I realized. And actually, the guy on Twitter that had tweeted this out did, did apologize after the fact. He was oh, like, oh, no, great. you talked about it on the show. I was wrong. I was wrong. So, <laughs> in, uh, in your defense and in his defense, it, it's not the easiest thing to figure out. No. I mean, when I use SVB, I had the same problem. I'm like, wait, how do oh, I really? add in a different widget? So, admittedly, I figured it out, but there was clearly some problem there with accessing that. Do you have to go through an SPB specific kind of widget adding process? Not the long press on the home screen that pulls up the widget. Yeah, I, I just felt as if, and I don't remember exactly how I did it because I stopped using SBB. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a the short There you go. <laughs> but it was like the kind of thing where I'm like, oh, I want to add a widget. I went to do it and it didn't, it wasn't intuitive as I thought it would. And it took a couple of clicks. And I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. I forget exactly how, but. Okay. Um, but clearly, it's it, there. There was some sort of hill that we all had to climb to get over that. So, right. in your defense, well, th- thanks for coming to my defense. I felt kind of bad because I got inundated, uh, you know, by a decent amount of people on Twitter after the episode posted. I was like, uh, "You're wrong." <laughs> oh, but hey, Jason, you know what? You, you know? win some, you lose some. Yeah, there we go. That okay. happens. <laughs> Stuff happens. So- so keeping with the Australia theme from our from our voicemail, we got an email from Sam Session um, who t- told us that he spent a month in Australia and he had some uh, answers to expand on our travel topic that we talked about last week when somebody wrote in saying they're traveling abroad. How can they use their phone? That sort of thing. Um, Sam said after spending a month in Australia, he was easily able to use his phone throughout his trip. Um, he just bought a prepaid SIM card from a local carrier and he provided a link where people can find a, a list to go find out where they are. And that's all from pay g sim with data dot dot com um and I don't know if we can put that up in the show notes or something like that, that link in there. But uh, basically what Sam recommends from his experience is double check with each of the local carriers for any special deals you have. In Australia's example, Virgin Mobile is having a limited time special for uh, a free gigabyte of data with a $19 uh, plan during his time in Sydney. For a little over 20 bucks, he was able to text and make calls with his, with his Australia friends and use the data frequently throughout his whole trip. Um, so essentially, if you're going traveling abroad – you know, and if you have a phone that takes SIM cards, that's what we talked about a little bit last week about if you use a SIM card, you have a lot more options because you can just pop out your, your U.S.-based SIM card and pop in a SIM card from whatever carrier that are in that country that you're traveling to. So, Thank you, Sam. And- 
Yeah, thank you, Sam. And I have a Nexus, you know, Nexus S has the SIM card. Nexus mm-hmm. One has it. Not all carriers do use SIM cards, though. Like, if you're on Verizon, you're pretty much SOL, so. Thanks, Sam. All right, yeah, thanks for sending that in. Really appreciate it. I'm sure there are a decent amount of people traveling that will uh, find that handy. I won't be traveling anytime soon. <laughs> well, okay, maybe Atlanta, but that doesn't count as international travel. <laughs> I only wish I had something like that. Uh, well, that's that's it. I think we we blasted through another show. Yeah, even through my yeah, coughing fit. <laughs> Which Although, maybe those of most, you who yeah. uh, see the edited version will not have seen my coughing fit. <laughs> That's right. Eileen survived. <laughs> she the, survived the arena. <laughs> through, the, through, through the magic of editing. And halls. <laughs> the halls bag appeared out of, <laughs> as if out of nowhere. Uh, Eileen, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Eileen TV. Awesome. And how about you, Ron? You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash ronxo, or you can find me on ifanboy.com. Sweet. And I am at Raygun01 on the Twitter. Um, thank you so much for... Ah, hold on. <laughs> it never works. You know what? I think there's a fade in on this on this music. JC cannot wait till we get to the new studio. I, I don't even know this, if this is new studio, old studio <laughs> issues. This is just me not being on my game right now. Hold on one second here. I might have to do this manually. I think we're on time, even though we had. A we long are on break. time. We're doing totally, great. We're on doing time. great. Yeah, Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. Uh, outro. Okay, just making a little note for myself. All right, let's see here. Do I have everything ready? I believe I do. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm going to try again. And I am Reagan01. Thank you guys so much. That's it for this week. Don't forget you can be a part of the show by sending us a voicemail at 347-SHOW-AAA. Or you can email us at AAA at twit.tv or follow us on Twitter at Android Show. And you can catch us live every Monday from 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific at live.twit.tv. So thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. And we'll see you next week on All About Android. Nice.